When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Hello and welcome along to Thursday's edition of the Football Social Daily. And I think it's fair to say that I speak for every football fan when I say what the hell happened last night. If you thought that all the Champions League semi-final drama had been used up by Liverpool on Tuesday, then boy oh boy were you wrong. Manchester City, five minutes away from the promised land of a Champions League final date with destiny against Liverpool in Paris and they have been Ancelotti-fied. Two added time goals from Rodrigo sent the tie into extra time and again, the killer from the penalty spot, Karim Benzema on target once again means another season of European failure for Manchester City. The fallout from a crazy, crazy night in Madrid is all to come in part one of the podcast as we ask the question, where did it all go wrong again for Pep in Europe? An absolutely ridiculous night for Manchester City and Real Madrid. However, alongside that, it's not just City flying the Premier League flag in Europe this week. We've got some big semi-finals coming up tonight in part two We'll be previewing West Ham's Europa League semi-final second leg at Eintracht Frankfurt. Jim, unfortunately, he's already had his ticket request rejected by UEFA for the final in Sevilla. Is that a bad omen or is it just Jim's bad luck? We're going to be discussing that. And then in part three, another European semi-final. Brendan Rodgers against his old boss Jose Mourinho in Rome as Leicester push for a place in the first ever Europa Conference League final. A big, big podcast on the back of a big night in Madrid. My name's Fergal Brennan. Joining me on Thursday duty this week, we have the sultry voice of Ian Brannan. Ian, how are we doing? Sultry. Uh, <laughs> Sultry. That's exactly how I would describe it. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that might be good news for some. Um, but yes, I'm. I'm good, thanks. 
Um, I, I missed much of the drama uh, last night because I was watching Alan Partridge live, my life coach there, giving me further advice. But, uh, but of course, I caught up with it afterwards. Um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so to be honest to be honest like many people you uh, if, if you did sit through the whole thing you didn't miss much until the end uh, so yeah I, I got out just in time <laughs> that is very true uh, on the night in Madrid pretty much all the action was packed into the final 15 minutes of normal time then added time and then extra time uh, alongside the sultry tones uh, what I actually meant to say was silky tones so I'm going to give that to you Joel Tudor the silky tones of Joel Tudor Joel how's things that's the first time someone's called my Manchester accent silky Silky. <laughs> Silky. Silky I'll, I'll say that. I'm going to take that to the grave with me. Um, yeah, I, I watched the whole game and like Ian, I think he got quite lucky to be honest because prior to the, the mayhem, it looked like a bit of a sultry uh, game. So yeah, he got lucky on that one. Uh, right, we're going to get stuck <laughs> we're get stuck into the actual football uh, and move away from the voice-related compliments. Um, Ian, yeah, you're right. Generally speaking, the game didn't really explode into life until the final 15 minutes. But what a final 15 minutes. And I said in the intro, what the hell happened to Manchester City in Madrid? We could copy and paste this and go back the last two, three, four, five seasons and say exactly the same. But this was, this was different. This was even more ridiculous because... It is so difficult to underestimate five, not just five minutes, five added time minutes away from a final. And they weren't just leading by a goal or hanging on by the skin of their teeth. They were two goals in front on aggregate. Riyad Mahrez with a brilliant goal, 15 minutes from time. You think that's it. Done, dusted. Manchester City are there. And it just completely folded. We're going to talk about Real Madrid in a second because we can't undersell how incredible they were particularly in extra time to, to get the job done but for Manchester City this is an absolute hammer blow well it is absolutely because this is the thing that they've been wanting to win more than anything else and I know that people will say well it's all about the league it's not about the league not for Manchester City not for the people who own the club for the people who own the club winning the Champions League is the thing they want to be European champions they said that last season and I'm sure it's nothing's changed that was the, the aim all along was to be champions of Europe. So this is the thing that they haven't achieved so far. And they've come so close again now to getting in the final. And to me, if you're losing a game in the last few minutes, it's usually one of two things. And this is um, something I, I subscribe to, but various footballers have, have said this to me in the past when I've you know, had similar conversations about um, teams tossing it in at the last you know, hurdle almost in a match. And it comes down to fitness. And I think with, with Man City, we can chalk that off because we know that they're a supremely fit side. Um, or it comes down to um, it comes down to concentration. And I think they just switched off. I think they thought, you know, we're 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 home and host. We're, we're pretty much there now. You know, with with the with the lead that they had at that time going into the 90th minute, they just they just thought they were there, and took their eye off the ball. As we saw, all it takes is a couple of minutes and, and a team like Real Madrid, I mean, they pr practically did the same move twice, really, didn't they? It was a nearly a third time straight after that. It nearly didn't even need to go to extra time because they could have bagged three goals in those final few minutes. Absolutely crazy. I mean, great for the spectator and, and people will be looking at their phones going, what? Um, having watched the, the score not move for 90 minutes. And my brother-in-law, who uh, I was out at this concert with last night, 
I didn't realise that he was he was recording it and he was going to watch it in real time when he got home at, what, half ten. And I said, blimey, it's all happened in the last few minutes. Uh, Real Madrid have come back and won it in the space of four minutes. And he oh. goes, oh, I was going to watch that when I got home. I said, well, the good news is <laughs> I've just saved you an hour and a half of your life. Just watch those five minutes around 90 minutes and uh, you, you're all good. You've missed nothing. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, but it did all happen in those three minutes. It's They just didn't concentrate. They switched off. They thought they were there, you know, playing to the whistle. How many times do we talk about that? And that's what it is. I think they thought they'd done it and didn't see what was coming, you know, around the corner, the, the threat that was still on the field. Joel, substitutions and a Pep overthink is is the big kind of post-game talking point. And I think to give Pep Guardiola not just some credit, plenty of credit, he's an incredible manager and Manchester City are still an incredible team regardless of the result last night. This wasn't a situation whereby his starting lineup was giving Manchester City fans headaches before the game when they were trying to work out who was playing where. This was the strongest team available to him. This was a structure that has worked, a formula that has worked 99% of the time and that's why Manchester City are where they are. But the substitutions are really interesting because they took place kind of in and around the Mahrez goal either just before or just after. Carlo Ancelotti took off his entire midfield, which has been the cornerstone of everything good about Real Madrid. Tony Kroos, Casemiro and Luka Modric all subbed off. So that meant that if it did go to extra time, if they did pull some madness out of the bag, none of those players would be on the pitch. Marco Asensio, Eduardo Canavinga and Rodrigo came on. Obviously, Rodrigo got the two goals to send it into extra time. Man City's substitutions within the context of the game made sense. Ilkay Gundogan came on for Kevin De Bruyne. Jack Grealish came on <clears throat> and had a couple of chances. A brilliant one cleared off the line by Ferlan Mendy. These weren't massive oversights by Pep Guardiola. In fact, they were relatively logical. But do you also have to look at this and say you can't apply logic to every single footballing situation? Sometimes you have to go with your gut. And for me, and I'm not Pep Guardiola, you do not take Kevin De Bruyne off. That's a gut decision. I know he's had a couple of fitness issues recently. He is your best player. Keep him on the pitch. Just make sure. I think Ancelotti, what I love about him is that he's always been so logical. Like when you say he took off Casemiro, Modric and Tony Crows, they're the most aging players in his squad. And obviously the midfield, you need an engine room to make sure you can combat that City team. And he literally brought on two, Eduardo Camavinga, who is a 19-year-old kid, and he played absolutely amazing when he came on. Gave them such energy in midfield. And then he brought on Danny Ceballos, who, again, he's, he's a pretty young guy. He's still got some energy in his legs. And it gave them the boost that they needed, to be honest, because prior to those three going off, Madrid was still getting a little bit overrun in midfield and it seemed like they were lacking that energy and that engine to actually push them forward a little bit. And the fact that Ancelotti brought on pretty much majority of the young guys, especially obviously Rodrigo, who scored the two goals, uh, and Marco Asensio, again, another young guy. He was bringing on youth. He needed energy in the team um, because it just felt like the rhythm was going very slowly for Madrid up until pretty much when they scored um, and we were just I think everyone was in disbelief at the fact that they literally had no shots on target prior to them actually scoring and then suddenly these substitutes inject that little bit of energy that they needed um, and I think there was a few tired legs in that midfield as well and it just gave them that extra push they needed to get over the line but for me it's just I do wonder how the hell 
can you take off someone like Kevin De Bruyne? And it seemed as though Pep was prepping for the weekend, as if, you know, he was resting his players after thumping Burnley 5-0 in a game. Like, I don't understand why you would try and begin to shut up shop and take off players who were very good on the ball and could have slowed the game down and experienced guys as well, like De Bruyne. It just... I feel as though he just, again, overcomplicated things, whereas Ancelotti saw the opportunity and did the most logical thing. It just, it baffles me at how, you know, for example, Manchester City, Paris Saint-Germain, they've got all the money in the world to spend as much as they want. They've got the most, um, the highest expenditure in terms of the quality of the teams ever. And yet they still can't get over the line. And it, like Jose Mourinho once said, I feel like it is football heritage. Is the fact that these clubs like Madrid, they've been there and done that for the last 60 years. They know how to step over the line. And honestly, the fact that Zidane won three in a row, I'm starting to think it wasn't even Zidane at this point. I feel as though the badge just literally manages itself. They just know what they need to do. And you've never won a game until you come out of the Bernabeu. That's the best way I can describe it. They just don't know when... You're never safe when you're playing a team like Real Madrid or you're never safe when you're playing a team like Barcelona, even Manchester United under Ferguson. Everyone knew that a goal was coming eventually. And that's just the fact that the history has con constantly repeated itself. Same with when Real Madrid beat Atletico in that first... Uh, in the La Decima game uh, in Lisbon. When Ramos scored the equaliser in the last minutes, when it looked like the game was completely dead and dusted, you just know that they're coming. And it feels to me as though City would just didn't have that experience to be able to see out a game. And it just it felt very naive. And considering how much in control they were prior to Madrid scoring, it's going to be. This is such a negative on Pep Guardiola's head because. He's still not won a Champions League without the likes of Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, David Villa. I mean, you've got to, you've got to suggest something there. He had an amazing buying team as well, and he still couldn't get over the line. I don't. I really don't know what it is with his teams, or if it's him as a manager. I just think for me, this is maybe not the difference between Manchester City and Liverpool in terms of who's better or who's better in, in Champions League. I think it's the difference in the way that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola operate. Jurgen Klopp reacts better to the flow of the game than Pep Guardiola does. You look at the type of substitutions, Ian. Obviously, the Carl Walker injury couldn't really be negated against. He's not been fit in the last couple of weeks. It was maybe a risk to start him. But when I look at the position of where these players come on, Ilkay Gundogan, Jack Grealish and Fernandinho, they were pre-planned at stages of the game if Manchester City were on course to go through. And Joel mentioned before that maybe there was one eye on Newcastle. Pep Guardiola has his plan before a ball is kicked. But 99% of the time, that works. The other 1% of the time, on nights like this, on occasions like this, it doesn't. And you have to be reactive and you have to go with your gut. Jurgen Klopp does that. Pep Guardiola doesn't. Pep Guardiola has got such unwavering faith in his way of doing things, which is all well and good, but Jurgen Klopp reacts to the chaos far better, and that is why Liverpool are in the final and Manchester City are not. Yeah, um, and obviously, uh, you know, my club, Leeds United, had uh, 
Marcelo Bielsa in charge and and um, Pep Guardiola is a, a big disciple of of uh, Bielsa's and and we've seen that there as well that you know they have a plan and whatever the plan is that's the plan and we're going to stick to it and that's part of the the method that usually works but when it doesn't work it's absolutely painful to watch because you can see what's going on you can see that and especially against Real Madrid you know this is one of the great Real Madrid sides now of, of, of modern era um, because they've they've stormed La Liga they've got to the Champions League final may well win it we don't know we'll find out in a few weeks um, you know they've got some terrific players this is not Crystal Palace that you've done a job on and you think right well you know we've got um, 10 minutes left here let's just sort of uh, see this out and this is Real Madrid some of the finest players around who don't give up. And we saw that last night in the 90th minute. You know, two goals turned it all around. Effectively, the 94th minute with that penalty that really sealed it. And, it, you know, like you were saying just before we started recording this, that, you know, with Real Madrid, you've, you've got to finish them off. You can't give them an inch because you know they're going to battle until that whistle is blown. And that's what Man City didn't do. And I think it was probably a lack of, I don't want to say lack of respect, but... You know, a, a lack of sort of realising that maybe the magnitude of the situation, thinking that you'd got to the, the final blows of this game, you had a, a bit of a lead on the board and thinking that was going to be enough against Real Madrid. And, and for most sides, that would be enough. Um, you know, most sides would be dead and buried by that point, but not Real Madrid as they showed. And so a little bit of naivety, I think, really from Pep and a lack of concentration from the players. And that's what happened. Before we take a break, Joel, I just want to throw back to, to Premier League action because Manchester City now back to the day job of the Premier League. This is the only major title that they can win this season. They are obviously still a point ahead of Liverpool in the title race. Newcastle at home this weekend and then the final three games, Wolves away, West Ham away and Aston Villa are at home on the final game of the season. Does last night negatively impact that? Do they potentially slip or do you just think the mental strength will just kick back in and they'll hold on and win the league title? I still believe they're going to have the mental strength to continue winning it because, well, the facts are this. It's the only thing they can win now. And if they don't win that, this is how much of, of on a knife edge this season is, where even Liverpool could end up with just a Carabao Cup victory. None of these titles are givens for any of these sides. You have to earn them, as we saw last night. It felt as though when Mares scored, the reaction was that it was done. Um and now they have to go into the Premier League gets uh, the Premier League game this weekend against a good Newcastle side, and once they know that one slip up now and Liverpool will capitalise on it one hundred percent, so there's going to be probably added pressure on that, um, considering that this is this is this is it now. But they've known the job all along. Guardiola's new and uh, known that they probably have to win all of their last games to get over the line. That's how good these two sides are. I'd be very, very surprised if they do drop points now because, I mean, this is the only thing they can play for. And this is the, this probably means more than a Champions League for Guardiola just because it's a 38-game season uh, and it proves who has been the best in England. So it's going to be a massive test of City's strength mental strength and um, character as well considering yesterday they weren't able to get over the line so let's see how they react but I'd be massively surprised if they capitulate now uh, just because 
Guardiola's going to be absolutely fixated on making sure they get over the line. One thing I, I want to um, I, I love out of all this in the press conference after the match, um, Ancelotti was speaking, and and he somehow managed to unite the whole of Merseyside for the Champions League final by saying that he's still an Evertonian at heart and he's really relishing uh, facing Liverpool in the Champions League final. So whoever you support on Merseyside, he's got them all together for this uh, for this occasion. Um, and of course, he's had battles with Liverpool many times he's been on the wrong end of defeats against Liverpool in the Champions League as a manager and as a player as well so there's all this kind of um, needle between the the, the two sides as well um, going into that final so I think everybody's going to have a a team to cheer for it's going to be a spectacular match in a a few weeks when it it happens and whoever you support whether you think you're going to side with Liverpool or maybe you're really can't stand Liverpool in which case you're going to therefore be uh, with 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 Real Madrid and supporting Ancelotti with his Everton connections there's um, there's you know there's a nice sort of British English football link uh, across the whole fixture yeah. <clears throat> Everton fans will definitely be uh, dusting off their Real Madrid shirts they had them on for the 2018 Champions League final uh, so they'll be having them back out of the uh, the wardrobe for uh, for this time round right we're going to take a break obviously the Premier League kicks back into action this weekend but we are continuing with the European action today after the break it is Europa League semi-final action West Ham away at Eintracht Frankfurt can David Moyes' side get the job done in Germany they're out of the running for the Champions League in the Premier League this season but can they secure a European final? All that to come in just a sec. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Thursday's edition of the Football Social Daily. Manchester City out of the Champions League. We now know that the final in Paris on May 28th will be Real Madrid up against Liverpool. That is now set in stone. But as we know, the rest of the European competitions are not settled, Ian, and the small matter of the Europa League still needs to be sorted out. West Ham away at Eintracht Frankfurt tonight. 2-1 defeat in London in the first leg means that West Ham are on the back foot, but it's all or nothing for David Moyes this season. They're already out of the top four race. They're probably out of the top six race in the Premier League this season. And that's kind of frustrating because they've actually been better in patches this season than they were last season when they finished sixth and got into the Europa League. But this is one of those situations where league positions from a fan perspective, I'm sure Jim would probably agree with me on this, 
gets thrown in the bin because you can talk about sixth and seventh place finishes and Europa League and Europa Conference League and can we do this and blah, 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 blah. They would trade all of that chat for a European semi-final that they've got tonight and the potential of a European final later on this month. Yeah, well, I, I, I know that the pressure is, is on West Ham this evening to, to overturn this, but they've got a good opportunity. Eintracht Frankfurt are not, you know, Bayern Munich. You're not, they're not uh, top of the league in, uh, in Bundesliga or anything like that. They're a mid-table side and they're approaching this game themselves for what it is. Their manager has said, look, we're in a European semi-final. We've got to enjoy it. There's no pressure on them to win. The pressure is on West Ham because they are the bigger team as it stands. And... When you think back West Ham, I mean, it wasn't too long ago, maybe, what, seven or eight years maybe, which, you know, is a long time in football, granted, but but not that long either, that, you know, West Ham were dicing with relegation and, and, and these kind of things in the Premier League, and they've, they've come a long way. They've got this new stadium. David Moyes has been given the time to do what we know he can do. We know that he's a solid manager. He seems to have got in, into the groove with West Ham that that he wasn't allowed to get into with clubs like Manchester United, where obviously he was, he was given the chance there and all the things that went on. Well, we know about that, but he's, he seems to have got himself a, a solid new home at West Ham. West Ham now are competing in Europe. It is a European semi-final uh, and they've got a great opportunity to get through. You know, one, one goal will, will level it. Uh, so they're not out of it by by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe they'll take inspiration from Real Madrid last night to show how you can turn a tie around. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a, what a change round for for West Ham and for their fans from where they were, say five, well, not even five years ago, ten years ago, certainly, where they were in the lower half of the Premier League. You know, these kind of fixtures. If you'd said to them, "Look, you'll be in a massive stadium, uh, you'll be competing in European semi-finals," they would have taken that. Of course, they would. Anybody would. Um, and yeah, it's all to play for tonight. They've yes, they're they're playing away. They're playing in front of a big crowd. It's going to be forty eight thousand sellout at the Deutsche Bank Park. They reckon this evening. Um, but their opposition, yes, they're going to be up for it. But this is a, a beatable side for West Ham. If they knuckle down and play to their potential, then you know they they could well be finding themselves in a European final, which is you know, going to be a great thing for a West Ham fan. Joel, we've seen the best of West Ham in second legs in the knockouts in 2022. You think back to Lyon and Sevilla when they needed a result, they got it. And obviously there's mixed because sometimes they're at home and sometimes they're away in those situations. But they've shown this unexpected steal in uncharted territory. We're not used to seeing West Ham in these positions, playing Sevilla, playing Lyon, playing Eintracht Frankfurt as they are tonight. But they've impressed when they've been put in that position, despite the fact that they are not experienced at that as a club. The players that are playing for them are not experienced as individuals. They have found a way to get the job done and they were relatively unlucky in the first leg. They hit the woodwork three times. Jared Bowen's bicycle kick coming back off the crossbar and David Moyes has gone all in on this. Looking at the weekend game... um, he rested players against Arsenal. Craig Dawson, Thomas Suchet, Mikel Antonio all didn't start. Craig Dawson was, was left at home, put his feet up, watching the game on the couch. Obviously, they lost to Arsenal, but they kind of know they're already out of the top four race before that game. So they're throwing all their eggs into this Europa League basket. They're at full strength. They'll have their best 11 out tonight in Germany. Can they do it? Well, I think if you look at every single side in history who've won a European Cup, doesn't matter if it's the Champions League or the Europa League, every single side have had to have a moment where they've been in the trenches and they've needed to show 
or come up with a miraculous result which then takes them to the next level or takes them to the final and this is their moment now I think it's the first time in the competition where they've truly been down where it's against the odds now Frankfurt even though they've lost their last six games in all competitions at home they're 11 games undefeated in the Europa League this season which clearly shows that they're massively prioritising the competition and let's not forget even though everyone in this country is kind of on this wave about West Ham in Germany it's the exact same for Frankfurt because this is uncharted territories for them as well so for West Ham to take it one step further they need to show the bottle in the same way that Real Madrid did last night no final or no game is a given for any team in any European competition especially if you're behind from the first leg as well so West Ham this is this could be a, this is the type of nights which are cemented into your history probably even more so than sometimes the finals I think even if you look at for example when Liverpool came back to beat Barcelona uh, 4-3 on aggregate when they were 3-0 down in the first leg games like these where you feel like you're down and out are the ones that dictate basically the outcome of the whole tournament um, and like I said Frankfurt are not in the best form in the league but it's the same as West Ham both teams are just completely prioritising trying to get to that final and when you see that Frankfurt in the previous leg beat Barcelona against all odds that was their night to actually you know go one step further so they'll have the total belief that they can completely win this game um, and it's going to be a really really tough ask of West Ham but to, to, to beat Sevilla who are the third best team in Spain right now and to beat Lyon who are a decent French side obviously not doing great in, in the French league at the moment they've got it in them to win it and like you said Fergal in the first leg they were so unlucky in terms of hitting the bar twice so they can be got at Frankfurt I feel as though the first leg it just startled them a little bit especially considering Frankfurt scored in the first 50 seconds I think it tells you that they needed to get into the occasion the occasion got to them I think initially um, so if they can overcome that and just get down to business straight away and know that they can get at this Frankfurt side then I think they should be fine um, and the good thing is that there's no away goals as well so it makes the task a little bit more easier but Frankfurt will be massively up for it, up for this and especially the fans considering they literally took over uh, the Camp Nou not so long ago so it's going to be a very hostile difficult environment for West Ham um, We're going to come back to you in a second to get a prediction but Ian we'll go to you first it is a big night for West Ham biggest in their modern history that the majority of fans can remember pushing for a European final give us your prediction I think um, it's going to be a difficult um, evening but I, th I think West Ham maybe just to shave it you know 2-1 just get that one goal one goal in it just mm, okay um, well no but 2-1 would send it to extra oh, time oh no 2-1 would level it wouldn't it yeah yeah that's right uh, I thought I'd, my, my maths was rubbish there uh, <laughs> yeah let's go to extra time yeah extra time drama uh, but yeah West Ham just to shade it whether it goes to penalties or not who can tell okay uh, a narrow one for West Ham Joel what are you going with give us your score prediction I'm going to be the party killer I think it's going to be a one-all draw and Frankfurt to go through I just think that they're going to be absolutely on the ball uh, tonight I think the occasion is going to be just it's going to be ridiculous in terms of the atmosphere. I think the team's going to be so ready for it. Um, I think it'll be very tight, but I think it's going to be a draw, Frankfurt, to go through. 
Mm, I'm going to go West Ham win. I've got a feeling that, that, again, they're throwing all their eggs into this basket. I think I think they're just going to nick it. I don't think it'll be a particularly exciting game. I definitely don't think it'll be another Real Madrid-Manchester City tonight. But I think the tide is, is just with West Ham and I think they'll have just enough to, to get through. Before we take a break, Ian, I've dug up a stat that I want to throw at you to get your reaction from. So this has taken a wee bit of research, but there's been five seasons mm. where an English team has reached either European Cup slash Champions League final and an English team has reached a UEFA Cup slash Europa League final. Now, within that, Liverpool have been the European Cup slash Champions League finalist on three occasions. Every time it's been Liverpool in the final, they've won and the other English team has won including in 1981, Liverpool beating Real Madrid in Paris. Now, if ever you needed an omen, there is one for you. Mm, well, there we go. Are, we, are you saying that we've gone back to 1981 and we're living in some sort of future parallel universe? I think in some ways we are living in 1981 all over again, which is a terrifying uh, a view into the future and into the past. Yes, it is, especially for the music industry. It is. Yeah. It is indeed. Uh, yeah. So that's that's just a little stat that I uh, that I dug up. Liverpool fans, if you're listening, that is an omen for you. Every time Liverpool have reached a Champions League or European Cup final, and an English team has reached the other European final, Liverpool mm-hmm. have gone on to win, beating Real Madrid in 1981, beating Roma in 1984, and then beating Tottenham in 2019. So positive omens for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. And if you believe in the mysticism of Wikipedia, they also do the (laughs) other English team a favour. So Liverpool being in the final could actually bizarrely benefit West Ham, if you believe in all that hokum. But enough, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're continuing with the European journey, dropping to the Europa Conference League. Yes, it is still a thing, it is still going on, and Leicester want to be in the final. Rodgers against Mourinho in Rome tonight will decide if they can make it. All that to come in just a sec. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Thursday's edition of the Football Social Daily. As always, hit subscribe up the top on the podcast and you can get access to a brand new show every single day between now and the end of the season. And based on last night, based on this whole week, it is going to be an amazing end of season running. So you don't want to miss out. Hit subscribe and get a brand new Premier League slash European football podcast every single day. Right, Joel, we're going to move on and wrap up the show today on the Europa Conference League semi-final picture. Roma against Leicester City, evenly poised, won all after the first leg at the King Power last weekend, or last week even, sorry. Leicester, similarly to West Ham that we talked about before the break, are in an all-or-nothing position in the Premier League. They can't qualify for European, uh, European competition via the Premier League this season. 
Rogers is definitely throwing his eggs in this basket, just like David Moyes. Second string against Spurs last weekend. They were comfortably beaten. He's resting his players because it's all or nothing against Roma. Sounds simple, but he's coming up against his old boss, Jose Mourinho, and he'll be doing anything to not get a little head pat off him at the game tonight. But his record against him is not great. Two wins and one... Sorry, one win for Rodgers as Leicester manager against Mourinho Spurs. Two wins for Mourinho when he was in North London. And his record as Liverpool boss against Mourinho as Chelsea boss is even worse. Three wins to one in Mourinho's favour and they knocked the Reds out of the EFL Cup. So Mourinho's definitely got the edge on him. Is he going to have the edge on him again tonight? Well, first and foremost, I hope them to get a room after the game because they're all over each other in the first leg <laughs> about the Portuguese wine and all that nonsense for Pinel. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's a really, really tough ask for Leicester tonight, just purely because it's a very tough place to go to, to the Olympico, especially with Jose Mourinho's home record um, in Serie A. It's probably, it is the best of any manager ever. Um, I do think that with how the first leg went, it was very evenly poised, to be fair. Both teams, I think it was a very fair result in terms of what was taken from it. Both teams had pretty good chances to kill the game. Um, but I think, like I said in the podcast last week, I do feel as though Tammy, Abra- Tammy Abraham, who's got 24 goals in all competitions this this season, I think he will be the difference tonight. Um, with Roma in Serie A, they are the team who are going to miss out on the top four. They're too far away from Juventus now. So Europa League is already pretty much a given for them. So for them, it's pretty much just a, a bonus of being able to win a trophy. And the Roma fans will definitely not be looking at this trophy and looking at it as as like a a third tier trophy because they've not won a European Cup in I don't even know when the last time was so it's going to be an added bonus for them and the same for Leicester as well like you said they're not going to finish in the European places whoever wins this competition gets to go instantly into the Europa League so that's a a massive incentive for both teams Um, I just think it's a case of who respects the competition and who values the competition more because I think in the group stages, both teams couldn't really care less. Even Roma got beaten by, I think, Boda Glint 6-1 in one of their games, which was just (laughs) unbelievable. Um, And Leicester had a pretty difficult group stage as well with the likes of Napoli and Warsaw. So they've done well both to get to this stage. Obviously, it should have been a given anyway, but I do think that Roma will probably have too much for Leicester, just in the similar way in which Leicester, when they went to Naples and played Napoli at their stadium, even though they had their chances, they're going to have they're going to have chances this this evening, but it's a case of taking them. It was the same as when uh, I remember James Madison when he had two sitters when they played uh, Naples. And they they were the difference between finishing top of the group and finishing runners up. So they are going to get chances. Roma definitely can be got at, as we saw in the first leg. But I do think that Roma will have a little bit too much for them, especially at home as well. I want to ask about Jamie Vardy, Ian, because this potentially could be Jamie Vardy's final European game. His contract is up at the end of next season with Leicester, but based on the fact that they're not going to qualify for Europe through the Premier League this season, and if they get knocked out tonight, they're not going to qualify via the Europa Conference League for European football next season. So this is it potentially for Jamie Vardy. He's had his injury problems this season. We haven't really seen a massive amount of him. I can tell you, first and foremost, I put him in my fantasy team. He got injured 
I was raging because I had high hopes that he was just going to carry on. But enough about my team. This is about Jamie Vardy. Does he start tonight? Does Rodgers just go, listen, it is all or nothing. This is our chance to get to a European final, which would be a historic moment for Leicester. Jamie Vardy, despite the fact that he's probably not 100% fit, is our best goal threat. We need something. We need we need a, a bit of magic. He's our most experienced player and he is still Leicester's main man. He's their talisman. He's their main goal source. Does he start and does he get his fairy tale moment? Well, it, it, it's maybe set up for that, isn't it? And, uh, you know, 27 appearances this season. He scored 12 goals. It's still a good return. Don't forget, he's 35, which in footballing terms is, is no spring chicken, although we're seeing footballers obviously continuing, you know, into their late 30s and maybe even early 40s and still playing, you know, at, at a top level. We see that with Cristiano Ronaldo, who's slightly older than him. And, you know, he's still uh, being being lauded as uh, as good as anyone in the world on, on his day. But what a signing for Leicester. He's been, though. A million pounds he cost in uh, in 2012 when they signed him from Fleetwood Town, and um, people are probably scratching their heads. You know what are Leicester doing signing players from Fleetwood? But you know he's he's delivered, hasn't he? At all levels, he's played for it, uh, England. He's won the Premier League. He's now finding himself cruising through Europe uh, on this journey that Leicester are on at the minute. And uh, what a time he's had over the last you know ten years. It is almost exactly. It was uh, it was uh, May 19th of May 2012 when he signed for Leicester from from Fleetwood and um you know what a, what a decade he's had with the foxes and and what a legend he's turned out to be and it just shows that there is talent in these uh, in these lower leagues I think that often gets overlooked um from by many many sides and it just shows that you know playing out there in in some of these lower leagues non-league football that uh, there could be a a potential um, England star and uh, you know it's not too late to to, to give up on that dream if you are finding yourself in in one of these sides and um, maybe I'm sure the scouts are looking but who knows who who is kicking around in the lower leagues at the moment that we're not yet currently aware of in the in the mainstream as such but yeah he's he's certainly delivered he he deserves to have a a good um, you know if it is his end of his, his Europe European career this evening or uh, if they get through to the next round then uh, so be it but what a ride he's had and uh, yeah it would be a, would be a fitting way to uh, to bow out wouldn't it with a great performance at least in, um, in you know on such a great stage as uh, you know against Roma in that Olympic Stadium and uh, you know I'm sure he'll he'll take the memories with him call this for us Joel's going for a Roma win so this would be the end of the road for Vardy probably in European action neither of them are in great form Leicester haven't won in five and Roma haven't won in four that's across all competitions league and European it's probably going to be a tight game not the most exciting give it to us Ian how's this going down well, it's uh, master against the apprentice, isn't it? As I've uh, been saying with uh, with Mourinho and going back that story with Brendan Rodgers, who was youth team coach when Mourinho was at uh, at Chelsea way back when in the in the first days when the special one arrived. So their friendship goes back a long way, but ultimately. You know, the, the, the two actually do play very different styles of football, certainly now with Mourinho much more defensive. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, I, I don't want to compare him to Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola very, uh, you know, v- very lightly, but his his sort of style of play is a bit more free-flowing than than what uh, Mourinho will offer. Um, it's going to be very hard to break down that Roma defence as a result, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've... Uh, I think the um, I think the master might just get one one over on the apprentice tonight. I think uh, just that you know real as we see you know Mourinho teams parking the bus 
Um, and and you know, as you say, you've got players like Tammy Abraham who who are still capable of scoring, of course, as well. I think it's going to be very tough evening this evening and uh, yeah I think Roma will just grind out that home advantage I'm going to go the opposite I'm going to disagree with you both I can picture the scene now one minute to go long ball over the top Jamie Vardy gets in behind Chris Smalling bangs in the winner cups his ears to the Roma fans and Leicester are into the final <laughs> I'm going full fairy tale full narrative 1-0 Jamie Vardy, late winner. That's it. That's my pick for tonight. So that's it for today's podcast. Manchester City are out of the Champions League. The final will be Real Madrid against Liverpool. West Ham bidding to get into the Europa League final and Leicester bidding to get into the Europa Conference League final. So much swirling around football at the moment that we are a busy, busy team here at the Football Social Daily. Ant will be back tomorrow. He'll be talking about those two games from tonight. Will West Ham make it? Can Leicester do it? Can the apprentice get one over the master? Ant and the team will be getting stuck into it tomorrow. And then obviously building up to another weekend of huge Premier League action. So for today, Ian, Joel, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, guys. As always, hit subscribe. You know what to do by now. Hit subscribe up the top. You get access to a brand new show as soon as it is ready. We're here all the way until the end of the season. We will not miss a beat. And hopefully, it is going to be a cracker. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you very, very soon. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.